going from death to life, darkness to light. You used to walk in these ways. You used to behave sinful, wicked, lustful, greedy, evil. That used to be a part of how you acted and how you practiced your life on a day-to-day basis. But now that you've put on Christ, now you've clothed yourself with all these other things, compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, all of that. And again, we're now setting the example in these different areas because of how we behave, because we took off the old self. We took off the sinful nature. We put that aside. We said, I'm not going to practice this behavior anymore. Instead, I'm going to practice righteousness. I'm going to practice kindness. I'm going to practice humility. These things are going to be a part of how I act and how I conduct myself. Amen? Uh, Does it go on, Oscar? Is that it? So then death. Well, no, not that one. Go back. Also, if then, if you can go to Ephesians 5.1. So we have these different things that are listed there. But then Paul also gives us another example of how we should live and how we should conduct ourselves. In Ephesians 5.1, it says, follow God's example. Therefore, as dearly loved children. Now, it's interesting. Who's, who's you know, where it says dearly loved children. Okay, who's their father? Who, who, who's, who are those children's father? Who are those children's parents? Or parent, right? Yeah, God. It's God, right? So as children of God, as Christians, as disciples, right, we're all sons and daughters of God. Once we accepted Christ into our hearts, we therefore have to follow God's example. So as we are supposed to set the example for those around us, we are now also looking to Christ as to how we should live. Another translation says imitate Christ. We are to follow the example that Christ puts forth. Christ is the standard. Christ is the example that we need to pattern our lives after. He's the one that we look to. We don't look to our friend. We don't look to our neighbor. We don't even look to our pastor or our leader. Those are good examples, but the ultimate example that we should be following is the example of Christ and how he behaved and how he acted, right? And of course, the more you read the Bible, the more you're going to see the very different characteristics of Christ and how he behaved and how he acted, all of these different things. As we just saw in Colossians, again, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, all of that, those are traits and characteristics of God himself. And God ultimately is the one that we're looking to for the example. Lord, I don't know how to behave in this certain situation. God, I want to lash out in anger and curse this person out. Lord, you know, I'm having a hard time behaving in school because all these people are making bad jokes and I want to join in with them. Look to Christ as the example. Read the Bible. Read how, how Jesus behaved and walked on this earth. He didn't do those things. He responded differently. There's a lot of different, different verses that point to that, amen? So we have to follow God's example. And we have to look to him uh, and how, how to pattern our lives in our behavior and in our conduct. If we can then turn to, let's see. Turn to 1 Corinthians. I believe there's a slide there. There we go. Also, or well, we can do that one too. Colossians 4, 5, it says also here, be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most out of every opportunity. In the way we act, in the way we behave towards people, we shouldn't be foolish. We shouldn't be goofing around. We shouldn't just take it so lightly. Guys, your behavior is important. People see that. People notice that. And people have impressions, first impressions about you because of how you behave towards them, right? When we talk to other people and we're engaging with one another, we need to be using wisdom. 
That means we can't just say whatever comes off the top of our head. That means we can't just blurt out whatever we're thinking at the moment. We have to be wise in the words we're choosing. We have to be wise in how we're acting and how we're behaving. Use wisdom. It causes you to think. It makes you stop yourself and be like, hold on, I shouldn't say this. I shouldn't respond this way. Hold on, wait. God, do you want me to, to do this or do that? Do you want me to behave in this manner or that manner? How should I respond to this situation? It causes you to kind of think about what you're doing. It causes you to stop and kind of reflect on how you're behaving. But nonetheless, you need to use wisdom. You can't just do whatever you feel. You can't base your decisions and your life choices and your behavior off of emotions. You need to be wise. Use wisdom. Lord, what do you want? How should I act in this situation? Come to the Lord. Look to him as the example. Ask him, pray to him, and he'll give you the example, and he'll show you. But you got to use wisdom. You can't just go off the, off the cuff, whatever emotion you're feeling in the heat of the moment. You need to stop yourself. Okay, Lord, give me wisdom in this specific situation, right? A fight breaks out. Everybody's shouting. Everybody's yelling at each other. Fists are being thrown. You need wisdom in that situation. How should you behave when somebody throws a punch at you? How should you behave when, when the classroom's, you know, making a bunch of jokes and acting stupid? You need wisdom in those areas. And again, where does wisdom come from? It comes from God. So we need to go to God and we, like, we need to be like, hey, God, I need wisdom in this situation. How should I behave? You know, God, I came, I came home. My parents are arguing. There's this big fight. You know, Lord, how should I behave? Should I just roast both of them while they're going at it? I mean, what should I do? No, use wisdom. Hold on, Jesus, what should I do? Give me wisdom in this situation, right? Because again, when you use wisdom and you're asking God and you're in communication with God, he shows you, he teaches you, he leads you to the right response and he, and he helps you behave and conduct yourself in the right manner. If I can have that verse in Corinthians, Paul, Paul's speaking in that verse there. Uh, Oscar. You don't have it? Hold on, hold on. Okay. It's all right. So, let me look at my notes really quick. Second Corinthians one twelve. Those of you who have your Bibles, you can turn there as well. Second Corinthians one twelve. No, that's not it. Maybe Second Corinthians. Let's see. Okay, actually, yeah, it's Second Corinthians one twelve. Second Corinthians. Amen. Second Corinthians one twelve. Here we go. So Paul now kind of talks about how he conducts him, him, his own life and how he behaves in different situations. He's talking to the Corinthian church and he's like, "Hey guys, this is how I do it. This is how I behave." How do I conduct myself? Well, here you go. Here's my example. It says, now this is our boast. Our conscience testifies that we have conducted ourselves in the world. There's a word conduct. That we have conducted ourselves in the world and especially in our relationships, in our relations with you with integrity and godly sincerity. We have done so relying not on worldly wisdom but on God's grace. Here again we see do we just do things off the cuff? Do we rely on, our, on the worldly wisdom, on what we think is right, on our own emotions? No, we put that to the side. We put that off. We take that kind of thinking off, and we say, no, God, give me wisdom according to your grace to live how you want me to live. Paul says, I did this. I, I acted in, with integrity. I lived with sincerity. I was sincere. 
I, I, I kept my word. I kept my promises. I, I was genuine when I was talking to you. I did this not by my own wisdom. I didn't do this because I took some classes. I did this. I was able to act this way because of God's grace working within me, because I was connected to the Father, and my conscience was clear. When I'm, when I, the way I conducted myself did not give me a, a bad thought of like, man, I shouldn't have said that, or oh, I shouldn't have acted that way, or oh, I shouldn't have behaved in this type of manner. Guys, your consciences, the Holy Spirit will let you know when you're behaving wrong, when you're doing something wrong, when you're not acting the right way. The Holy Spirit will put a check in your heart really quick, and he'll be like, hey, hold on. What are you doing? Why are you acting this way? You need to stop, right? And, and, and Paul is saying, my conscience, my spirit is clear because the way I conduct myself is with integrity, it's with godly sincerity, and I do it by the grace of God. I don't do it on my own strength. I'm not relying on my own power to be a better person, to behave in a better manner. I'm not relying on my own strengths for that. I go to God. He gives me wisdom, and he helps me in this, amen? And we see here, his conscience is clear. He has nothing to worry about. He has nothing he has to take back because he, he wished he shouldn't have done this or acted this way, right? His conscience is clear because he was operating in the grace of God, because God was helping him in his situations. Of course, he, there's plenty of moments where he could have misbehaved. There's plenty of moments where Paul could have acted the wrong way. But in those different moments, he stopped himself. He used God's wisdom and he used God's grace to figure out the situation. And so basically, guys, I'm telling you, when you, when, when you in, in behavior and the way you act, you need, there needs to be communion with God. You, you don't know how to act on your own. Because again, in your, on your own strength, you'll think you got to respond this way. You got to start a fight. You got to slap this person back. You have to uh, snap back at somebody when they start putting you down. You, your emotions will try and control you and manipulate you. But you have to put that to death. You have to stop that. Rely on God's grace. Come to Him. It involves you going to God. How do you get your behavior back in order? How do you act right? First, you need to know what is right and what's wrong. And in order to do that, you need to be talking to God continually. You need to be in your word. It requires effort. It requires you engaging with the Lord in prayer, talking to him, asking him for his grace, asking him for his wisdom. But the good news is when he does that, or when you do that, he does help you. He does strengthen you. He gives you the, the, the wisdom that you need. But again, it requires you to go to God for it. Don't try and figure out some situation and, and act on your own accord when it comes to behavior. Don't do it on your own. Don't live out according to your own desires and whatever your flesh tells you you should behave and act out in. No, you need to put that to death. Take it off. Take off those practices and go to God. Ask him for grace. Say, Lord, I don't know what to do. I don't know what I'm doing. This is hard, Lord. This is not easy. It's, it, it's difficult. You know, my situation is, is hard. How can I behave right in this way? But when you go to God, he gives you the wisdom. He gives you the grace. He shows you what to do. But we have to come to him first. Again, it, it involves integrity. It involves sincerity. Again, more things, more ways that we need to be acting according to. If you can go to Romans 11, Oscar. Romans 11. Amen. Romans 13, verse 11 through 15. I'll go ahead and read it here as Oscar's pulling that up. Romans 13, verse 11. It says, And do this, understanding the present time. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now 
than when we first believed. Verse 12, the night is nearly over. The day is almost here. Thank you, Oscar. This is, uh, starting from verse 11. Let's go back and read it again. And do this, understanding the present time. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber. Because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness. Here again we see. There involves you have to take off these practices. You have to stop doing this, this bad behavior. You have to stop. It, it, it's, it's your choice. It's your decision. Do you want to do it or not? Do you want to live right or not? Do you want to behave as a Christian or don't you, right? You have to. It takes personal effort. You choose. You have to take all of the evil, all of the wickedness, the bad behavior, the bad acting, relying on your own strength and your own emotions to dictate what you do. You have to take that off. Put aside the deeds of darkness and put on, next slide, and put on, and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness and sexual immorality and debauchery and dissension and jealousy, not just going crazy, doing whatever you want to do. Behave decently. Live like Jesus. Don't let your flesh dictate what you do and how you behave. You're supposed to take that off. You need to stop. You need to take off the deeds of darkness. It says lay them aside. Put them to the curb. This does not control me. I will not let this define my behavior and my actions. We put those things to the side. We put them off. And then according to here in verse 14, it says, Rather clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ. You can leave it on that slide, Oscar. It says, Clothe yourselves with Jesus. Live like Jesus. Act like God. Imitate the Lord. Use his grace. Use his wisdom. Lord, how should I do this? How should I live my life? He'll tell you. He'll show you. But you have to put it on. You, it, there's a putting off, okay, right? So when it comes to behavior and action, okay, you need to put off the darkness and put on the light. It's very simple. Imagine you're wearing stinky clothes all day, right? And you have a pair of nice clean clothes. Maybe you just got done with a sports basketball game. Sometimes, guys, you smell really bad after a basketball game, right? And so after that happens and all that stuff, right, normally what I see guys do, they, they go back to a different change of clothes. First, they probably take a shower if they're at a gym or something, right? And then they change their clothes. Why? Because they don't want to be carrying around that filth. They don't want to be smelly and, and, and disgusting all the, throughout that whole entire day. So they stop, they take off the old, stinky, messed up clothes that are all sweated out, and they put on something clean, something fresh, Right? And so here as, as, as people, as, as, as human beings, we have the decision. Do we want to keep on the deeds of darkness? Do we want to keep that bad behavior, that bad attitude, that bad way of acting? Do we want to keep conducting ourselves in a perverse, wicked, evil, lustful manner? Do we want to keep that and carry it around ourselves? And put forth that example when we go to our school, we're known for starting fights. We're known for talking about sex and pornography. We're known for all these different things, doing drugs in the corner. Do we want that to be the example we put forth? Or do we want to put on Christ? Do we want to put on the armor of life? Do we want to put on humility, kindness, gentleness, all these other things? It's a choice, guys. It's a choice. It's your choice. It's your decision. What kind of example do you want to set? Do you want to clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ, or do you want to keep the deeds of darkness weighing you down, defining who you are, defining your behavior, letting be your behavior run, run amic like crazy, just you do whatever you want to do, and you behave however you want to behave because, because you're controlled by that nature, because you're controlled by your flesh and your fleshly desires. 
You see, guys, in, in here, in the book of Romans, Paul is telling us, he tells us in these other books that we, that we looked at, he's saying, guys, you need to take it off. You need to stop holding it on. You have to stop putting it on yourself. You need to stop engaging with it. Stop holding on to that bad behavior. You need to let it go. It's very simple. You take it off and you put on Christ. And you put on the different things that the Lord talks about. As a matter of fact, before we move on, there's a verse in Galatians that talks about the fruit of the Spirit. I brought it up before when I was talking about gentleness, but there's other things that, uh, that it mentions there. Uh, Oscar, if you can turn to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, verses, verses 19 through, through 23. Galatians 5, verses 19, 19 through 23. I'm going to go ahead and read it out here. It says, the acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, again, sexual immorality, impurity, clear indications this is not how we should be acting. We should not be acting in a perverse way. Our behavior should not be sexually immoral. That means if you're making jokes about sex and all this stuff, you're in the wrong. You're in sin. You need to repent. You're doing the deeds of darkness. You're allowing your behavior to drift towards your sinful nature. And whatever your emotions are telling you to do and your flesh is telling you to do, the acts of the flesh, they're obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, and idolatry, and, and witchcraft, hatred, discord, hatred and discord. If you're hating on people, if you're acting and your behavior is reflecting an attitude of hatred and anger towards people, guys, you do not have the fruit of the Spirit. You don't have Christ in you. You're choosing to live in this type of way. You're choosing to set an example, not of goodness, not of kindness and humility. and gent You're choosing to set an example of anger. You're choosing to set an example of, of hatred, of division with how you behave and how you act. Galatians 5, 19 through 23, Oscar. You're choosing to live in that type of way, and you're putting forth that example among those around you. They see you acting a fool, behaving foolishly, behaving with sexual, perverse, with sexual perversion and, and behaving in an impure way, full of hatred and discord. If, if this is a part of your behavior, you need to take it off. You need to put those things aside because it's weighing you down. It's darkness. Do you want to be clothed in darkness? Do you want to be clothed and walking around with this being your example? Do you want people to look at you and say, this is a perverse, sexually immoral kid who's always behaving like a fool? Do you want that to be your example? Do you want to be known for that? You don't have to be. I'm telling you guys, you don't have to be known for that. There's, there's two sides to this. Are you known for, for, your, for your sin and for your wickedness and for your behavior? Are you known for that in a bad way? Or are you known for your, your reflection of Christ? Which is it? Because you can reflect either or. So many people, our generation reflects this. This is the example we put forth in how we behave and how we conduct ourselves. We see a cute girl on the, on the street and we want to get her number. I remember some of you guys back when you first got saved, you thought it was okay to get girls' numbers. It's not okay, guys. You need to repent. You need to get right. You don't do that because there's better things, amen? So I'm just saying, it's about how you conduct yourself. You see a girl and you're like, oh, let me get her. That, that's behavior. That's acting. You're acting on some sinful desire. And ladies, come on. I know you do it too. Okay, so don't just hate on the guys. It's, 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 a, it's a humanity problem. It's a sin. It's a sin issue. It's a sin problem. You know what I'm saying, guys? 
You need to behave in a righteous manner. Put those things aside. Don't be known for the girl that's a gossiper, that's causing dissension and, 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 and clicks and, and being a jealous person. All oh, that girl, she's so jealous. She just wants what everybody else has. Don't let that be your example. Don't behave in that manner. You don't have to do that. Hey, man, does, does anybody have to be sexually immoral in this place? Does anybody have to be, be selfish in your behavior and how you're acting? Do you have to act selfish? Do you have to do that? Is somebody going to... Victor, come up here for a sec. Come on, you heard me. Don't make this awkward. Come on. All right, amen. Give it up for Victor. I love Victor. He's awesome. Is anybody going up to Victor, right? <laughs> I'm not going to pick that. Okay. Is anybody going up to Victor and putting a gun to his head? No, there we go. And saying, Victor, you have to have fits of rage. Is anybody doing that? Is there like a, a suicide bomb with, with dynamite strapped onto his, his stomach, and he has a button, and he says, if you, don't, if you don't get drunk and envy everyone else around you, I'm going to blow you up, right? Who's, who's doing it? Who's behaving? Who's acting like, who's, what? is anybody doing that to them? No. Victor, you can sit down. You're awesome. Amen. Thank you. Amen. <laughs> um, nobody forces you to sin. Nobody forces you to act sinful. Nobody is forcing you to behave in a sinful manner. Nobody is forcing you to be sexually immoral, to, have, to be selfish, to envy people, to have fits of rage. Nobody's holding you at gunpoint. You are holding yourself at gunpoint. You are the one holding on to the, the bad behavior, the bad actions, the bad way of living. It's you guys. You're the problem. You're the one walking around with your stinky outfit. You're, you're, you've chosen to do that. You've literally chosen to walk around stinking like a filthy sinner. It's your choice. But again, the good news is, I'm not saying all of you guys are, you know, the good news is you, you don't have to do that. You can literally put on clean, you can be clean, you can be holy, you can be righteous and behave and act in that way. But it comes back to your choice. It comes back, do I want to wear this everywhere I go? Do I want to wear that bad behavior, that stinking attitude? Do I want to have that everywhere I go? Or do I want to clothe myself with kindness, with compassion? Do I want to clothe myself with the presence of God that when I walk in, I behave like Jesus? I usher in the presence of God through my actions, through how I act, through how I conduct myself, through my behavior. People see Jesus. Through my behavior, people get saved. Through my behavior, people fall on their knees and say, God is real. Because God transformed this person. I know they're different because the way they're acting is different now. There's supposed to be a change. If you can go on to the next slide, Oscar. The acts of the flesh, they're obvious. Acting in a sinful way, it's, it, it, it's obvious, it's plain, it's simple. Here in verse 22, but now we see the fruit of the Spirit. This is what your behavior should consist of. This is how you should act. This is how you should live with joy, with love, with peace, forbearance, which is uh, patience. Thank you. Hallelujah. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now, Paul got a little sassy at that last statement. He said, there's no law against this. There's no law against being loving. There's no law against being kind. There is no law against being, you know, just, just a nice-tempered person, being self-controlled. There's no law against that. 
America has outlawed many things, and I don't, I think that's goofy. People should, the answer is not more laws, the answer is the gospel, okay? America has put so many laws out there and outlawing a bunch of things, but they haven't outlawed faithfulness. There's no law prohibiting you to be kind. There is no law prohibiting you to have self-control and not look at porn and not lash out in anger at somebody. There's no law against this. There's nothing holding you back. There's nothing stopping you. Guys, what is stopping you from having a good attitude? Is there a law? Is there a government official saying, Carlos, you can't behave like that. You can't behave good. I love you. You There's there's nobody doing that. Nobody is going up to each and every one of you saying, hold on, you're about to live holy. Nope, you can't live holy. That's against the rules. You got to stop. That's against the law. Being faithful, coming to church, being faithful in one-on-one, being a faithful disciple. Oh, no, there's a law against that. Sorry, you can't, you can't live like that. You can't behave like that because it's against the rules. Is, there, is, that, is that real? Is that reality? But that's how you guys act. You, you guys act as if there's these rules and these regulations that are stopping you from living right. Guys, it's, there's nothing holding you back from behaving righteously. There's nothing holding you back from you behaving like Christ. There's nothing. There's no rule there's no law, there's no government official, there's no gang threatening you. Oh my gosh, if you, if you talk in a kind way, man, we're going to go after you. That's nothing. So then why are you guys living like that? It's because you choose to. Why do we live in, in, in a bad way? Why do we choose wrong behavior? Why do, why do we lash? Again, why, why, why do we act a certain way? It's because it's, it's our choice. It reflects our decisions, what we want for ourselves. If you're, if you're behaving in a perverse manner, it's because you want to be perverse. Again, it comes back to the heart, and I love how Joby tied it in with the speech. It, it's not the words, it's the heart. Your words are filthy, your heart's filthy. Your behavior's filthy, your heart is filthy, guys. There's no rule against it. Nobody's stopping you from living holy. I'm telling you guys, nobody is stopping you from living holy. It's your choice. You don't want to live holy. You want to be a gossiper. You want to have an attitude and roll your eyes at everybody. You want to do this. You're giving yourself into this over and over again. This, this, you're choosing to behave this way. Nobody's forcing you. You're choosing it. But again, according to the Bible, we've got to take that off. We have to remove that. We have to put it to the side. No, I'm not going to behave that way. I'm going to choose to behave like Christ. If we can go to Philippians Philippians, uh, Philippians 1, thank you. Verse 27 says, Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel. Conduct yourselves, behave in a way that's worthy of the gospel, that's worthy of being called a Christian, that's worthy of being a disciple of Christ. Is your behavior worthy of the gospel? Does it reflect Christ? Are you a hypocrite? Are you a hypocrite? You come to church and you say you love God, but then at school you're a hypocrite and you're living in sin and you're behaving like a fool. Is that what's happening? Is your conduct, is your behavior worthy of the gospel of Christ? That's what Paul's saying here in Philippians. Conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel. Oscar, if you can turn to Philippians chapter 2. Now, as we see these different rules and, or not rules, but if we, as we see these different guidelines that the Lord lays out for us here in the Bible, 
You know, maybe you think to yourself, well, it's hard. You know, I, I, I try to live holy. I try to live right. I try to have a good attitude. I try and behave right, but it's just not working out for me. I believe it's uh, Philippians 2, 23. It's the, other, it's, other, it's the other verse in Philippians. There we go. So maybe you say to yourself, this is hard. This is impossible. I can't do this. I've tried before. I try, not, I try to stop gossiping. I try to, to stop lusting after women. I, I try to be, you know, more obedient to my parents, but they just keep getting on my nerves, and it's just hard, and it's difficult. Well, guys, you know what? There's, it's interesting. Jesus actually says he sympathizes with you. He says in Hebrews, he actually understands what it's like to be human. He, he says he was tempted in every way, so he knows what it's like. He knows the temptations and the trials that we face. He knows what it's like to be a human being and to have all this drama around you, right? He, he gets it, but the Bible also says he was without sin. He was tempted in every way, but he was without sin. So he understands what you go through. He, he, he sympathizes. He sees the struggle. But at the same time, he was without sin, and he lived holy, and he lived righteous through the Holy Spirit. Now, according to this verse in Philippians 2.13, I want everyone to pay attention to this verse here. It says, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. This changes everything, guys. This is a game changer. And I want to get it in the amplified version because it breaks it down so much more clear in case it isn't clear enough here. Again, Philippians 2.13 in the amplified version. Let me read it out here. Verse 13, it says, for it is God, right? For it is, well, before it even says God, it says, for it is not your strength, <clears throat> but is God who is effectively at work in you, inside of you. For it is not your own strength, but it is God who is effectively at work inside of you, both to will and to work, that is, strengthening, energizing, and creating in you the longing and the ability to fulfill your purpose for his good pleasure. Now, that's a lot of words. It's a lot of big words, maybe a few adjectives or whatever. But here's what it's saying. It's saying God's inside of you, right? The Holy Spirit is inside of you, and he will give you, he will help you to literally want to live holy, live righteously, and to act it out. God is saying here, I will come inside of you and change your own desires. You have a hard time behaving. You have a hard time living for Jesus. You have a hard time not getting into drama. Well, here's good news. Hey, let me come inside of you and actually change the very, the, your very longings, your very desires, your very things that you want and don't want. Let me go ahead and change that. And I'll even change the way you act so that you'll be able then to meet the standard so that you'll be able to behave like my son, Jesus Christ. God is saying, I will come inside of you, and I will do the work. You find it hard to live for God. You find it hard to be a disciple. You find it hard to stop cursing. Guys, the Lord is willing to come inside of you and literally change your very desires and change the way you act and change the way you behave. It's not your own strength. You can't do this on your own. There's some situations that are so complex, you wouldn't know how to behave, even if you tried. But God is inside of you, and he's working with you, and he's helping you to show you how you should behave, what you should do, what you shouldn't do, how you should conduct yourself. 
when you're around your family. God is saying in this verse, when you're around your family, I'll show you how to love your family. I'll show you how to act around your family. When you're in school and you don't know how to respond when people are cursing and all this drama and you don't know whether you should laugh or not, God is saying, I'll be with you. I'll show you how to act around them. You want to laugh? Okay, I'll even change that desire to laugh at their jokes. I'm sure many of us who are saved now can testify the moment we came to Christ, the things we used to love as sinners became disgusting to us. That wasn't our own strength. That wasn't us conjuring up some type of self-help emotion. It was the supernatural power of Christ. He changed our desires so that we don't want to be angry anymore, so that we don't want to be lustful anymore, so that we don't want to be gossips anymore and full of an attitude. God literally comes into our hearts, makes those things disgusting to us, and on top of that, helps us not to even do them anymore. This is the power of Christ. And this is the power God gives us to behave in a righteous and holy manner. So it's not God's fault. It's not that God isn't willing to help you. It's not that God hasn't met you at these altars yet. Well, oh, I come up to these altars, but, but I haven't gotten set free yet. No, the problem isn't that. God's here at these altars every week. That's not the problem, guys. The problem is you don't want to take off the deeds of darkness. You don't want to take off your filthy attitude, your filthy behavior. You don't want to lay it to the side. You like it. And you hold on to it. All the while, as God is saying, God is inviting you even tonight, let me come inside. For it is God who works inside of you. It's not you. It's not your own strength. It's not what you think you can do. And can't. It's, no, God will work inside of you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. If you need help to live holy, if you need help to, to, to live a self-controlled lifestyle, if you need help to love people, you find it hard just loving people. If you need help in that, God is saying, I'm willing to work with you and come inside your heart and change your behavior, change your actions, and change your own desires to act that way. There's testimonies of people here who before they got saved looked at pornography all the time, but the moment they got saved, God changed their desires to where they look at it, and they, or God changed their desires to where they don't want to look at it, and it becomes disgusting to them. Again, that's not our own strength, that's God right there. Changing your desire to lust, changing your desire to, again, hate people. People who once were not saved, they get saved, or, you know, before they got saved, before they were a Christian, they hated people. They were racist, they hated black people, they hated white people. But the moment they got saved, God changed their desires. He changed their behavior. He changed the way they conducted themselves because he changed their heart. Because he came inside of them. If we can all stand right now. I just want to I just want to encourage you right now with that, guys. Maybe again, you might be saying to yourself, I'm not a murderer. I'm not a rapist. I haven't done some crazy stuff in my life. I'm actually a good kid. I get B's and A's in my school. Well, good for you. But how about this? Start setting the example now for those around you. You're just gonna let you know what, TJ set the example? Oh, well, that's TJ. He's on fire. He loves evangelism, so he's just gonna set the example. No, you're supposed to set the example. I'm not talking to the leaders, right? I'm talking to youth. I'm talking to you. I'm, you are supposed to set the example. Of course, as leaders, we're supposed to set the example too. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying though, if you think this isn't for you, you're completely wrong. It is for you. I wanna hear testimonies about how each and every one of you are setting the examples in how you behave. I wanna hear testimonies from your parents. They stop behaving wrong. They stop acting 
foolish and having a bad attitude with me. Now they respect me. Now I see them praying for me. What on earth did you do to them? Guys, this should be the testimony. Start setting the examples in what it's like to live holy, to live righteously, to love people, to be kind, to be compassionate. Set the example in how you behave and how you conduct yourself. It's for you. It's not just for the leaders. It's not just for the pastor. Oh, the pastor's going to set the example for me. No, on judgment day, you will appear before God, and God will look at you and say, how come you did not behave? How come you conducted yourself in a sinful manner? He'll look at you. He won't look at me. He'll look at me separately, but he'll look at all of us individually. We have to choose for ourselves which one do we want. Do we want to behave like the world and participate in their darkness? Or do we want to behave like Christ? Do we want to behave with kindness and humility and compassion and love and the fruit of the Spirit? Is that how we want to behave? Because if we want to behave like that, let me tell you what, God will do it right now in an instant. He'll just come inside of your heart and make everything brand new, guys. That's the God we serve. We can all close our, close our eyes and bow our heads. Father, I just thank you, Lord. God, it's you who helps us to behave, Lord God. We don't know how to behave on our own strength, God. We can't do it. We'll mess up, God. We'll say the wrong thing, Lord God. We'll say the wrong thing at the wrong time, God. We don't know how to behave, God. We give up control, Lord. We say, God, we want to behave like Jesus. In every aspect of our life, God, in any and every circumstance, God, whatever the setting, God, we want to act like you, Jesus. We want to act like Jesus. We want to act like you, Lord. Holy Spirit, help us, God. Help us to live like Jesus. Help us to behave and conduct ourselves as disciples worthy of the gospel. Yes, I am a Christian. Yes, I am a disciple. When people look at you and they say, are you a Christian? You should not be afraid to acknowledge you're a Christian because you live such a hypocritical lifestyle. You should be able to say with boldness, yes! I am a believer because look at my life. Look at how I behave. Look at how I'm different. Christ has changed me. I'm a believer. I'm a disciple. I don't do things like the world does. So I just want to give the Holy Spirit a minute. Maybe there's some bad attitudes, some behavior problems that you are clinging to that you don't want to let go of. That could go many ways. Maybe you've tried to stop behaving in a certain way and you, you find it hard and you, you, you feel like you, there's no hope. But the, but the answer is Jesus Christ tonight. He'll, he'll come inside your heart. He'll make it all new. He'll, he'll, he'll show you how to act, how to behave. Maybe that's you. Maybe, maybe you have some bad attitudes and some behaviors that you know are wrong. And before you thought they were okay and you, you wanted to do them, but now you're feeling the conviction of the Lord and, and you're saying, God, I, I don't want to do this anymore. Maybe you just want to do a better job of setting the example, being more public about who you are as a believer and being more obvious, behaving differently. Not Maybe you're guilty of participating with the world when they're behaving and acting foolishly. And God is saying, no, you need to lay that aside. You need to stop acting this way. You need to stop behaving like this. Start behaving like, like Christ, like I live inside of you. Start living worthy of the gospel. Whoever you are, I want to encourage you, come up to these altars. And just ask the Lord to change your attitude and change your heart and change your behavior so that you can conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel, worthy of Christ himself. We're going to have two altar workers here, Karina and Joby. 
If you guys can come up. If you want just personal one-on-one prayer, you can go up to them. They'll pray with you. But for everyone else here, I want to encourage you, man. Come to the Lord right now and just ask him to cleanse your heart, to give you a new, new way of behaving, a new way of acting, a new mindset when it comes to these things. So, Lord, would you come and have your way, God, even now as we speak in Jesus' name. If that's you, I want you to, I want, I want you to be up here and just ask the Lord to change your behavior because he'll do it. If you just want to behave differently, if you want to behave more like Christ, if you want to behave more like Christ in your school and in your family and reflect Jesus, hey, these altars are open right now. Feel free to come up. Teach us, God. Show us how to live. Oh, Rabbi Mashiach.